Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity. I'm Ellie Stuller. Joining us in conversation today from the pod at White City Place, photo editor of Another and Another Man magazines and Dazed Media Studio, Holly Hay, and Robert Story, a rising set and spatial designer. Together, they talk digital versus physical, re-education of heritage brands, and how consumers like you and I are becoming increasingly sophisticated. Hermes, Nike, and Christopher Kane are just some of the brands Robert Story counts as clients, creating for them inspired retail spaces, window displays, and fashion shows. His imaginative editorials have graced the pages of leading design and fashion magazines, such as ID, Wallpaper, and Vogue. Holly is a photo editor who has previously worked for Garage and Lula magazines, where she was also managing editor. For Dazed Media Group, one of the world's leading independent fashion and culture media brands, she works across a number of titles and outputs, including their in-house creative studio, Dazed Media Studio, where she works with clients like Apple, Alexander McQueen, and Burberry. They start off by discussing a new science of retail and the role of experience. A recent project that's been really successful is one that we did for Hermes, Mm -hmm. and it was in Nordstrom in Seattle. And the brief was to create a totally new environment for the Hermes customer and to bring them into a space that they didn't initially recognize as an Hermes space. Um, Something that would maybe generate interest from a younger audience and basically challenge what we understand retail to be. So that included merchandising in new ways or making the space available to merchandise every day in a completely different way, as well as incorporating shareable moments and experience moments within the space. So we created a central experience display where we had silk scarves turned into spaghettis so the audience could walk through it and feel it. Mm. And then within that space, take photos of themselves to share with their networks. I think the key word is experience. It's Mm. the fact that the public get to experience it firsthand. In a photo, it's kind of at the whim of the photographer to capture what I create in a single moment to be shared on a 2D page. Working in a store, even if it's temporary, it's still experienced by the public. So there needs to be something that engages them and, and creates excitement. And that would be the experience of the space. Do you believe in a kind of science of shopping like that there are these kind of elements that you have to experience in order to desire that product whether it's touching it or is that unnecessary what do you have a opinion on that I think that's what we're constantly trying to figure out I think like again it's the experience or the interaction of a space which engages people the experience of buying that thing or the experience of sharing something or discovering something new in the store, whether it's having a coffee in the shop or whether it's looking at art or whether it's sitting on a chair and charging your phone and sharing the space around you. like It's that engagement of the consumer, which I think is the new science of what everyone's trying to recreate in their spaces. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a conversation we have with brands on a daily basis as this kind of user-generated content right that they they want that their their customers to be part of the experience Mm. for it not to feel even with these massive luxury brands for them to feel like they're inclusive rather than shutting their customer out and we're the you know presenting them with this idea they're now involved in the idea and 
Um, Do you feel like the the change of going from like a physical book or magazine onto online content has changed the way that you're engaging your consumer? Yes, because I think it's the first thing you look at now when you're discovering something new, whether it's a brand, whether it's a magazine, even a person, you're checking their Instagram feed before before anything. You're not thinking, oh, I'd quite like to look at what another magazine do. I'll walk to the local news agents mm. and check it out. You're, you're engaging on a digital, in a digital way, first and foremost, and maybe even exclusively. You know, I think for us, we are always talking about this kind of 360 degree experience and how important that is people still absolutely appreciate printed matter and how precious that is but we need to widen our audience constantly and make sure that we're not being exclusive to just those people that pick up print magazine I guess like you said reaching a wider audience it's Mm. I mean same thing for me with my work is I can create an amazing pop-up that may be in one city in the world for three months or three years or one day but that doesn't mean that it's going to be able to be experienced by the rest of the world and one of the most important parts of a brief for me is often creating a shareable moment Mm. so engaging not only the immediate public but their wider network on social media and actually as a designer that's propelled my career so much yeah just through that sharing and that and that exposure do you find that your photographers are found through social media I think um, my job has become when I'm commissioning content for brands finding creatives that are truly passionate about that brand in order to provide them with kind of a kudos in a way that they rather than saying we want you to kind of respond to our heritage and what we've already done do they come to you to say what would you do with this and kind of yeah I think it's a mix to be honest I think they they like to know that there's um either visual or psychological cues in what I design that link back directly to Mm. the brand um but at the same time they do they do want to buy into me as an artist rather mm. than just someone who can translate a very specific brief. It's unusual that I would receive a brief that had any visual cues in it at all. Yeah, They may refer to my own work. And obviously brands like to have a safe zone. They like to work with someone they know who can manage a project um, in the calibre of what they are as a brand. So to have worked with other big brands. So in that sense, it can be more difficult to, to get into it. But I think once you've established who you are and you have authenticity in your own work, then it's actually, I I think a lot of brands are really willing to give you that freedom. Mm. What, like, this is totally off subject, but do you remember who the first brand was to give you a I think the the first brand that really um, encouraged me as an artist and gave me completely free reign was Nicholas Kirkwood. And it's interesting when you start talking about a long collaboration with the client Mm. and... I designed a set of windows for him and then continued to design them. And I think there was no visual language for him in the three-dimensional context or spatial context as a brand, just a visual communication through the way the shoes looked, for example, or the way the store was designed. So being given that freedom, he allowed me to to design and um, create a brand identity for him. That's amazing. And that, that fed on. And now 
hopefully that'll continue and and evolve as other people start working on it. But I think that's the the ultimate goal for all brands that work with me is that they want me to help them to develop a spatial brand identity because Mm -hmm. a lot of clients don't have that. And actually interesting clients are ones that are now online only, like maybe Days Digital doesn't necessarily have a spatial brand identity or Google or Facebook. So it's really exciting to be able to Yeah, that's really interesting for that to come from a physical thing. And if that happened early on with Nicholas, that's that's really interesting because that must now influence the way he wants to create imagery and the tone of everything now. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to think that it did resonate enough for him to want Mm. to continue doing it. I can't say for sure, but I think there's definitely a language that was Mm. created and and builds up in in any brand and becomes something. That's kind of the difficult thing with working with such old heritage brands because there's so much work done prior to now. Yeah. Um, And then there's other brands we work with, which are brand new startup companies um, like Everlane, for example. We designed a a pop-up shop for them and they've never had a, a physical retail environment to work in before. They didn't know who they were. They just yeah. knew how they looked online. Yeah, that's really interesting. To keep doing things to make the public interested in what you're doing and to keep showing that you're innovative as a brand and able to artistically show yourself um, in new ways mm. or, or for people to be ex- be able to experience your brand in new ways. I think, obviously, the, the bricks and mortar stores will probably always be there maybe not as many um, maybe the landscape will change and there'll be more pop-ups all the time I think there's many kind of issues around that in terms of I guess budgets I think the best thing about a pop-up space or, or a temporary space is that you can be truly unique you can keep bringing in new ideas and testing new strategies as a brand so those strategies that you develop in the pop-up spaces can slowly be siphoned off into the permanent retail space so it's basically a way of testing ideas to see what works so you can implement those into the stores. Also you're getting actual FaceTime with customers so it means you're really hearing about about what they want and also who they are Mm. because you can't necessarily see who your customer, well I'm sure there's tech for that but um, I think it's really I think it's really interesting I heard a, a talk like podcast talk with some of the people who run Glossier and they're now doing they like open their studio because of course if you're buying makeup you need to kind of like look at that like it can't yeah. it can't just exist as a online company I mean it can but people want to test their stuff and that's the same for fashion brands like you want to feel that piece of clothing and yeah I think in terms of relating it to startup companies like Everlane or Glossier these temporary spaces are really important for that obviously Mm. experience factor I guess also because retail hasn't really changed so much until recently there's this new kind of wave of how we interpret what shopping actually is and I think for brands like Hermes they have this kind of big heavy door on Bond Street and there's a man standing inside and it doesn't feel very approachable Mm. I think a lot of people feel they don't belong in that space so creating these temporary pop-up spaces in a much more friendly environment or much more welcoming environment like Nordstrom or Selfridges or Harrods or whatever it enables people to interact with the brand in a new way that doesn't feel too stuffy or too um, too hostile for them and and that I think is one of the key things that brands want to make sure they're doing is 
widening their consumer base and making sure that they're appealing to a younger demographic who feel like they belong there and can learn about the quality of the Hermes uh, bag. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the case of Hermes, like asking, you know, it's a big ask of a of a customer to say, you will stand in this line, you will wait to walk past this guard, you will go through this heavy door, mm. you will be in a shop where there are more staff than customers. And, you know, shopping and experiencing a space is an emotional as well as physical experience, isn't yeah. it? You're like, you know, you're affected by all Absolutely. of those things. Absolutely, yeah brands they see one of the most successful things is people having fun in their world together so what you do it's about people in that physical space engaging with each other and creating something whether it's like an Instagram moment or whatever and one of the most successful things for us on Miu Miu is when we see friends tagging each other in something and having a conversation within that feed mm. that's really amazing for us to see and it must be the same for a brand when they see that their space is making that happen yeah it's so amazing because obviously I try to create all of my spaces to be exciting and shareable and interesting and and to make people want to stay in them not only to buy but also to Mm. be inspired I think that's a really important thing to do as well and it's interesting seeing something come to life actually so you design something which you think is going to be engaging and perhaps that's not but then you discover that something else is and I think that's that thing of being able to take really really successful parts of any spatial design and then implement that into another space Yeah, it's, it's cool to see something come to life. Actually, it's my favourite thing when the doors open and then you just see the way that people interact <laughs> yeah. with something. You're listening to Thought Starters with photo editor Holly Hay of Another and Another Man magazines, as well as Dazed Media Studio, and the set and spatial designer Robert Story. people used to talk about with shop windows like a how long they would have to stop for in order for that to be successful has the bar of that changed completely do they now have to be taking a picture of that window um you know and geotagging it for it to be like (laughs) successful has that completely changed do you think yeah i i think it's so hard to measure for me, obviously, it's, you can never really know the complete success of what you've done. I mean, I know I've done Windows, um, as I did Hermes um, Windows recently, and they said, you know, that, that window that you did was so successful. The one dress that was in the window sold out within a few weeks. Like, mm. that was their way of measuring that that window mm. was successful. Whether that's the dress was amazing off its own right, I don't know. It's hard to say, but definitely geotagging for sure. Like, I mean, just for me to try and understand how many people are sharing, it's like, you, you can tag Hermes, but... Hermes Bond Street or Hermes yeah. Bond Street um, geotag is, yeah, yeah. is like endless really. I think, you know, brands always want to make sure that they're conveying the message of the collection through the window and hopefully just creating a snapshot, um, a snippet of the world that they want to bring their consumer into by looking into the window and hopefully dragging them into the store through that. I guess because I don't sit on the street all day actually and, and I've, I sh- I've never really thought about it. I've never sat by one of my windows and <laughs> saw how many people <laughs> look at it or take talk. a photo but um I think it's you know I'd always treat the window as a gallery space yeah. and it's about 
designing or creating a sculpture to go in that space which challenges the perception of what you expect to be there from the brand so yeah I think also obviously when you walk past a window you're expecting to be sold something and that's interesting in the context of what we do at another where we you know we do sponsored projects we do things with brands but have to be kind of native to what we do on the site and not feel like advertising and people know when they're being sold something they you know they're going to see a series of content and suddenly see something that's like a brand that we just wouldn't usually you know and that's I think going back to what you said about kind of challenging a brand I think that like re-education thing with brands has become like a really big part of what both of us must do in our our daily lives it's like they have an idea of the way that you sell a product but that isn't going to work all the time that's not going to work if it's seen through another mag.com and that's an interesting process isn't it it's an interesting um, yeah I think yeah I especially the collaboration that brands do you know sometimes they just sponsor an artist to, to create a space that's yeah. interesting I guess like Salone de Mobile like cars do do pop-up spaces with artists that don't actually really have much product in them it's more about a space to create excitement and for people to go and be inspired and I guess the kudos that's created through that makes the brand just cool and therefore you just want to be part of that world exactly yeah, yeah. and I yeah. guess it's like not just about like being sold something but yeah being being sold into a lifestyle yeah and that's I guess where the most successful physical spaces are that you just want to walk into that space and you want something like you want to be part of it in whatever little way you can be these kind of stores that are doing like workspaces as well that's an interesting that's kind of what the building we're in is trying to do and that's interesting because even if you can't buy anything you can sit there and work Mm. and actually you're part of it too and that's interesting you don't actually have to part with money to be part of what a brand does you just made me think about Dover Street Market for example Mm. and you know how they have the restaurant in there and obviously it's it's one big store with many concessions but it's definitely a creative artistic space it's Mm. um it's interesting to to see if that's the way that brands will start elevating themselves or reappropriating yeah. the way that people experience them. Because actually through. they rarely have product in the window. Yeah. They might have a designer doing an installation, but it's not a dress. It's yeah. something else. It's definitely a creative, artistic space. It's, mm. um, I guess it's easier for a younger brand to be more provocative or controversial or to take more risks because they have a brand new clientele um, who are generally a younger generation and willing to to see new things all the time and to be challenged whereas a lot of the heritage brands have a probably older clientele who have been loyal to the brand for a long time and don't actually want to be shaken up so much so Mm. it's harder for them to take those risks and I think that's why a lot of the older brands do tend to create these pop-up spaces and it's it's about like accessibility and and not ostracizing the current clientele but exciting a newer generation so they can yeah. eventually merge them together yeah and that's interesting isn't it because a pop-up space or a digital takeover for a brand isn't isolating those people because they can still visit the 
the permanent store and and get that you know and look at the 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 main campaign in a magazine and get what they want out of the brand i think for me i'm interested to see we've kind of been in this time where um there's been a really specific trend of photography um for a few years now and um it's so recognizable and also was so different at the time this kind of looking at alternative gesture and poise and pose and how interesting that can be and I have been kind of astounded how brands have taken that on as well it's not just been an editorial um, aesthetic it's been something that across the board people that's how they want to see people now um, through that lens but I'm excited to see what is next because these things don't last forever you know like kind of super glamorous like photography that you know we would have grown up with in the 90s like we were so used to seeing that and that is rarely seen now like I'm excited to see what's next the new kind of trend in in visual language. Do you feel like I mean obviously you understand that trends happen and brands adopt those trends and and that's a way of like addressing it to like a wider public um do you find yourself looking to try to find new trends or new ways of doing things or, or like slight innuances of what already exists? Or do you like to try and challenge the magazine by finding something that no one's ever done before or something you haven't seen? Do you find that you're afraid to try and push something new or are you willing to always no, do that? No, I'm so willing to, to um, do something new and kind of and challenge challenge though though that like comfort that everyone gets into when you know it's so easy to the eye when you're so used to seeing a certain type of visual and i'm so excited when something feels off from that and maybe because it's actually more beautiful <laughs> than what we've been seeing you know it's so interesting you're like wow that feels different but it's actually because it's like really gorgeous and like you know glamorous or I think that's really interesting and it doesn't necessarily feel new it just feels new now do you I mean I think fashion as a subject or as a way of kind of capturing um, to share with the masses my feelings that it was always very aspirational and from observing the way that we look at photographs now it's very much along the lines of maybe documentary mm. it kind of documents the everyday person in a kind of very stylized way mm. do you think that fashion will become well I, it's not that it's not aspirational but do you feel that um, fashion will continue to try and normalize itself or do you think it will try to become something more aspirational or um otherworldly in the future? I think there will be two threads. I think what you described it so perfectly, like what people are doing now, which is this kind of controlled documentary that is insight into a very certain world, you know. I think there'll be kind of two threads where um, documentary photography in its purest sense will be used again. Um, you know, I'm seeing... Um, artists coming together to create collectives 
where they're kind of doing young versions of what Magnum have been doing forever and being kind of sending each other out to document, you know, political moments or environmental things, you know, and that's really interesting to see that photographers are coming together to do that and to really report on things that are really going on. Um, And then I do think there'll be another strand where things will become aspirational again. I think particularly now people do look for escapism and I'm excited, I'm kind of excited to see that in photography again. That was photo editor Holly Hay in conversation with the set and spatial designer Robert Story. This has been Thought Starters, recorded at the pod at White City Place. Produced by David Michon and recorded and edited by Claire Urban and Claire Crofton. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, find us online at whitecityplace.com, on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at whitecityplace, or shoot us an email at podcast at whitecityplace.com. And subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes. Give us a rating, write us a comment. It really helps. Our next episode will be live tomorrow, where we'll hear from Albert Hill of The Modern House and architect Sophie Goldhill, talking about the architecture of the houses we live in. Thought Starters.